This is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Peter provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg. Hello, and welcome back to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. My name is Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during the show today, give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at theivag.com. And while on the website, check out the podcast page to check out past shows and to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with any questions that you may have. Uh, We can set up a meeting face-to-face or virtually, whatever you're more comfortable with. You know, it is tax time again. Um, We're getting to that date, and and I think it's always a good time um, just to talk about the basics of taxes, right? How does how do taxes actually work? But I also want to touch upon today some of the pitfalls um, that can sneak up on retirees during uh, when they're doing their taxes. Because the fact of the matter is, when you retire, taxation doesn't stop, and quite frankly, it can actually end up hurting you or putting you in a worse position than you were tax-wise when you're actually working. So that's what I want to touch upon today. But before we do that, I want to welcome in uh, my co-host, Tony. Tony, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. I thought you'd never ask, Peter. (laughs) I'm just happy to be here. Excited even. I mean, we've got an amazing show today. You've really uh, put together a good one and it's timely. So uh, I'm excited to get into it. But yeah, my week has been crazy busy, but good. I really had a good weekend. It finally warmed up a little bit here where I'm at. So uh, <laughs> yeah. you could actually leave the house. <laughs> so that was nice. How about you? How have you been? Well, I've been good. I think uh, for those of us who live in the northern part of the country, warm up is a relative term. But uh, yes, it. you know, uh, my week was good. Um and so is my weekend. And yeah, it's you're kind of starting to see the light at the end of the winter tunnel to a certain degree. So so that's good. The the sun's getting stronger and it's starting to get a bit uh, a bit warmer. And I say that in quotations than it was a, a few weeks ago. So but thank you for asking. Well, yeah, and that is it is good. <laughs> it's a, a little bit warmer right now. And I think this is the perfect time of year, Peter, to kick around these ideas about taxes and and figure out what's going on. I mean, I, maybe some people listening have already filed, but I'd be mm. willing to bet most haven't. So hopefully uh, you'll give us some good insights today. And you know what? We, speaking of good news, you know, the COVID-19 vaccines are at least slowly making their way across the country. And uh, that's a big sigh of relief. Uh, I mean, filing your taxes and getting the vaccine, uh, that would make <laughs> it a pretty good year. <laughs> how, yeah, exactly. How, how would you like to get us started on this topic today? Yeah, so I think it's always good to go back to basics, right, Tony? So what I want to do is just talk about what exactly happens when you file taxes, right? What's going on when you fill out all those numbers on on that that 1040 form that we send into the IRS? So you got to remember when you do your taxes, it's really just a big formula. You add up what the what your income is, that income gets taxed, the government allows you some deductions and credits, uh, and then you owe taxes. So let's talk about the first part of that uh, equation, which is how how are you actually taxed, right? How do you 
claim that income, and then how does the government decide, okay, we're going to tax it a certain amount? Well, the biggest tax brackets and the ones that people are going to work with the most um, are what they call essentially your ordinary income brackets. These are the brackets that are 10, that start at well, 0%, but then 10%, 12%, and then go to 22 and 24. And there's income ranges that go with, with each one of them. Now, I'm going to list all the income ranges uh, on the podcast now, but every, uh, every income range that you have is taxed at a different percentage. And as your income goes up, uh, that percentage gets larger. Now, keep in mind that our tax code is, is a progressive tax code, our marginal tax code. So let's say you make $100,000, for example, and you, that puts you in the 22% tax bracket. That doesn't mean you pay 22% or $22,000 in tax taxes, but it means you pay 10% on a certain amount and then 12% and then 22, and it comes up to a grand total of, let's say, around 14,000. That's how the, the equation works for for uh, ordinary income. And ordinary income includes your earned income. It includes IRA withdrawals. So those that are they're in retirement that are pulling money off of their retirement savings accounts, uh, those withdrawals are counted in these brackets. Uh, pensions are also counted in here. So as you can imagine, these tax brackets for most uh, retirees uh, are going to be the first uh, brackets that they need to understand. It's also where most of their taxation or uh, a considerable amount of their taxation is going to come from. Well, yeah. So uh, I, I like that. So, you know, it, we are here in tax season and we need to know uh, what's what's going on. And I'm glad you're talking about the basics. So uh, what about capital gains? Uh, are they going to be taxed the same? Yeah. So for retirees, right, we have ordinary income. That's probably going to be the most, as I mentioned. But for most retirees, capital gains is probably the next area of taxation they need to be concerned with because capital gains uh, are taxes that are paid on any sort of gain, uh, you know, increase in value of an asset that isn't in a qualified account, isn't in a retirement account. So if you have a an investment account or you have a second home and you sell it, um, uh, any of those types of things, those are taxed, uh, those gains are taxed or considered capital gains and taxed at a different rate. Luckily, it's a lower rate because the government's trying to incentivize investment in the economy, um, but they are taxed differently. The good news, again, is they're lower. So for example, the first $80,000 in capital gains, there's no tax taxation on it. And then from 80000 almost to a half a million dollars, those capital gains, uh, long-term capital gains are taxed at uh, 15%. And then from there on, uh, it's at a higher rate, around 20%. But again, it, when you're doing your taxes, your capital gains are going to be uh, recorded differently and taxed at a different bracket. What's important to understand is that there's two part of, two types of capital gains that you need to make sure you're keeping track of. The long-term capital gains, so those are gains that occur over the course of, of more than a year. Um, those are going to be taxed the way I just talked about. If you have a short-term capital gain, so a gain or, or an increase in value in account that occurs um, in less than a year, you realize that in less than a year, Unfortunately, you're going to have to pay ordinary income tax levels on it. So it's important that you understand how capital gains work. Uh, it's also important that you talk to someone to make sure that if you're going to realize a capital gain, that you do it in the most beneficial way. Okay. So Peter, where do deductions come into place? I get to lower my taxes somehow, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's exactly right. So so the government first figures out, okay, here's all the income coming in. And, and for the sake of today's conversation, we just have ordinary and capital gain taxes. So so we have all that income and they're assessed a, a, a percentage of, of taxation, but the government allows you to lower those, level, those levels. And they allow you to do it through both uh, deductions and also tax credits. So, so let's talk about deductions since you mentioned those first, Tony. So a deduction is a reduction in your taxable income. So if I have a taxable income of a $100,000, I can reduce that to a lower amount. And there, there's really two ways for me to do that. The first one is with the standard deduction. Most people have heard about this. Um, with the tax laws that changed back in 2017, the standard deduction doubled. So for a married couple, the standard deduction is uh, just north of $25,000. So if I am using the standard deduction, I have I start with $100,000, I take the standard deduction, now my taxable income has been reduced to $75,000. Uh, for a single individual, by the way, it's about twelve. Uh, 1,500 is the standard deduction. Now, the other way to take a deduction is to itemize. So this is where you can start tallying up all sorts of allowable expenses under the tax code. Most people know the big ones, right? The property tax, state property taxes, or local property taxes, state income or uh, sales taxes, mortgage interest, right? If all of those, if you can tally all of those up and get to an amount larger than the standard deduction, well, then that's your act that's your new deduction on your tax form. Now, the truth of the matter is the tax law that, that came into effect back in 2017, um, by doubling the standard deduction, the vast majority of people fall in below that $25,000, and most are claiming a standard deduction. So it's made taxes a bit easier. Um, no one likes to file their taxes, but at least they made it somewhat easier because most people now take the, the standard deduction. So again, a deduction is a reduction in your taxable income. So basically, our tax credits like deductions, what's the difference? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. And credits are different. So a credit is an actual reduction in the amount of taxes that you owe. So for example, uh, we'll go back $100,000 and then my taxable income was reduced to 75. And so now I owe Uncle Sam, let's say $8,000. Well, I can take uh, the child tax credit, for example. I have two kids uh, and it's $2,000. It's a $2,000 tax credit for each kid. I can now reduce my taxes owed from eight thousand down to four thousand. So I've cut my tax burden in half. Wow. Credits are really, yeah, credits are really, really powerful tools because again, you're not reducing taxable income. You're actually it's a dollar for dollar reduction in what you owe Uncle Sam. Now there's a, a number of other um, credits out there. One, uh, you know, for example, the the child tax credit. That I mentioned, um, another one, healthcare, the healthcare tax credit, which is one um, that deals with uh, Obamacare, the earned income credit for those uh, that are low income, education credits. If you're doing some sort of continuing education or are pursuing higher education, there's credits that are available there. One for retirees that are that's uh, uh, very powerful is the savers credit. That's a credit that allows you to put money into an IRA. Uh, over the age of 65, you can put money into an IRA. Not only do you get the deduction, but you also get a, a credit um, on your overall tax bill. So it can be pretty powerful. And then, as I mentioned, the child tax credit. So so in the big picture, though, that's how the government allows you to now reduce your, your total taxation through both deductions and credits. Okay, so uh, yeah, in fact, I'm a, definitely aware of the uh, child care. There's a child care credit uh, for kids. You get a credit uh, for your children, and so yep. that's very helpful. That's been helpful to my wife and I. 
Uh, and yeah. the, the credits impact our taxes a lot more than just a deduction uh, because yeah. the credits are basically dollar for dollar. They lower your overall tax bill, which is nice. Um, yep. That's very helpful. Uh, so yeah, whenever huge. we've had a tax credit for one reason or the other, um, I actually have an electric car. Got <laughs> okay. A yep. uh, got a tax credit. Oh, you laugh. But I, <laughs> I got a tax credit for that, which was nice. No, yeah, no. The, there was one for uh, it's slowly expiring, but one I didn't mention, but is for solar power. If you're doing work on your house to to uh, add solar power in some sort of capacity, sure, um, you can get a tax credit for that. Yeah, not a deduction, but a credit. So, so if you owe Uncle Sam three grand, and then all of a sudden you avail yourself a couple of these credits, you could end up owing uh, owing Uncle Sam nothing uh, because of these credits. So they're powerful. Credits are, yep. are where then they're when, done when that. you're one year we when had you're looking, we adopted ahead. too. That was the biggest tax credit we ever had. Yeah. Uh, we yep. adopted, uh, our youngest daughter is adopted and it was a $10,000 tax credit, I believe. Um, yep. So, I mean, yeah, the, there's a, the adoption there's a lot costs of were 35,000. So, <laughs> you know, uh, we will take what we can get, but yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of credits. I only mentioned a few, only mentioned about five of them, but there are a lot of, uh, uh credits sure. in the code. And that's why, again, it's important to work with both a, a financial service professional who understands taxation, but also make sure that your, your accountant and your financial service professional, uh, are, you know, work together, at least communicate so that you have two people, um, that understand the tax code working for you. Yeah. Well, and you know, we've talked about the basics uh, about how you'll figure out how much you owe or hopefully get back from uncle Sam. Uh, where do you want to go next? Yeah, Tony, what I want to talk about next is, is some of the the pitfalls that those who are in retirement um, end up probably bumping into when they, um, when they file their taxes, okay. things that they may not be aware of or, or, or they, they may surprise them. And there's some three, there's three big ones. The first one that I want to touch upon here is RMDs, your required minimum distribution. A lot of people know about the RMDs, but they're not entirely sure how they work, right? So let's start with the what are they. So, so you RM, said, wait, RMD. Yeah, yeah you said RMD. RMD is a required minimum distribution? Yeah. Oh, so I thought it, RMD stood for really <laughs> massive donut. <laughs> and there's the food again. There's always food every week with you, Tony. You've noticed a what? trend. I haven't mentioned. Yeah, I've noticed. I haven't mentioned I've pizza yet in the show, but we'll get to that. The no, deduction I'm for the buffet. <laughs> I'm sure we will get the pizza. Well, the pizza we buffet. Did, lunch, you mentioned it. How to deduct at least a portion of it from your taxes? We'll, we'll, we'll get go from that. the really. We'll go from the really massive donuts to the the pizza deduction. Is that what you're trying yep. to get to? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So tell us about <laughs> RMDs. What are they and how do they work? Why do we take yeah. them? Yeah. So so an RMD, this is, as as we've mentioned, is required distribution that the government is going to force you to take. So and it comes off of our qualified accounts. So the money that we have put into retirement accounts. Now, the, the reason we have to do this is because uh, Uncle Sam has allowed us to put this money into these accounts tax-free. It grew tax-free. And at some point, you know, you have to pay the piper. And they instituted this minimum distribution that's going to force you to start taking money out of those accounts, a certain percentage of it every year um, required, um, or you face a penalty so that they can essentially start taxing that money and start collecting the, the taxes that have been foregone in the past. Well, that's interesting. And I, I know there have been some changes to the age and when you have to take them, right? 
Yeah, there have, Tony. So so most people know that 70 and a half, right? That's the number for many decades when they have to start thinking about these RMDs. Uh, but with the SECURE Act that, that passed at the end of 2019, this age was changed. Um, so there's a key date you have to remember. If your birthday falls before uh, July 1st, 1949, then the 70 and a half age is the age in which you have to start taking RMDs. So if you turn 70 and a half this year, then you have to start taking uh, start taking an RMD um, in 2021. If your birthday falls uh, after July 1st, 1949, then you don't have to start taking your RMDs until you're age 72. So it's important to, again, know this date and understand what where you fall on the spectrum because you don't want to forget to take your RMD because it can be a costly penalty for you down the road. Yeah, that seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean, RMDs are pretty straightforward. Where it starts to get complicated is when you have to take them because the government allows you a a little leeway at the very beginning and then sometimes people get stuck. So what I mean is, let's say, let's take me for example. Let's say I I turn 72 this September. So September of 2021. Yeah, I I actually don't have to take my first RMD payment until April of 2022. Okay, so I, let's say I, I take my RMD and it's fifteen thousand dollars. Well, my twenty twenty two RMD payment, I also I have to take that by December thirty first, twenty twenty two, as well. So if I'm an, a procrastinator, which a lot of people are, if you just tell them, hey, you don't need to take your payment right away, all of a sudden I could be hit with two RMDs in one year. And if you weren't paying attention, then all of a sudden you have two. It could be two sizable RMDs in one year that's going to completely blow a hole in your taxation for that given year because your RMD payment is a, is a taxable event. So you want to make sure you understand the timing of when you take these, um, these RMDs. And I've alluded to it, but the penalty for not taking an RMD is 50%. Meaning, let's say your RMD was $10,000 and you don't take it or you missed it or you forgot about it. The government's going to take half of that just as a punishment for not taking your RMD on time. On top of the taxes, you'll have to pay on that $10,000. So it can be really painful. Sure, sure. Uh, so, uh, and obviously a financial service professional is needed. Uh, that's the bottom line here. Uh, absolutely. When it comes to all that. Uh, what do you have for us next? So so the next part, when we talk about pitfalls, I want to go to the next one. It, it has to do with something that we call phantom capital gains, okay? And... and a phantom capital gain is something that uh, happens on on the accounts that are not necessarily retirement accounts. So these are investment accounts or even uh, uh, a house, but really it occurs in your investment accounts. So for most people, they own mutual funds, right? Because a mutual fund is a great way to invest um, and it, it uh, gives you diversity uh, and diversifies your overall risk. But the one problem with mutual funds is they have a feature called a pass-through feature. That means Anything that happens in the mutual fund happens to you too. So if that mutual fund has a a gain in it, then you're also going to see a gain. If it has a loss, then you're also going to see a loss when it comes tax time. Well, what oftentimes we see, especially when the market goes down, so especially, for example, in 2020, right, the market uh, had a significant correction at the beginning of the year, what happens is those funds go down. Well, the fund managers, they have to actually sell some of their positions to make sure they have enough money to uh, make sure the fund is still solvent, right? So what they end up doing is they sell some of their best performing assets, and that creates a, a capital gain. 
well, you never actually sold them and you do what everyone tells you to do. You you buy something, you hold it, and you ride out the economic turmoil. So at the end of the year, you're not really happy, right? Your account's gone down, you've paid fees. Let's say you started at $200,000, your account's now down to 160. And then you get a bill at the end of the year, or you get a tax statement at the end of the year that you have $5,000 in capital gains. Ooh. And you're scratching your head because you never re- you never saw $5,000 come into your household. But what happened was $5,000 in gains occurred when this when the positions in that mutual fund was were sold ah. and now you're on now you're on the hook for those for those gains. And that that amount of money, though it may not cause you taxation on a capital gains front, it is going to increase your overall income, which could so it counts taxes. toward taxable income, even though you never saw the money. Exactly. Which, which, which a lot of those deductions and credits we talked about, Tony, they're income based. Once you get off over a certain point, you may not be, uh, you may not be able to get. You'll them. lose some of them. That's exactly you right. Too much. You made too much, and here's an example where you you quote unquote made money on paper, but you never actually saw it. And your account's lower; your account balance is lower than where you started at the beginning of the year. So, well, so we fair. see this. No, it's it's awful. And Wait, we see the this IRS a lot and the government—they're not fair in the way they tax us. <laughs> I'm not going there, Tony. I'll just say that this situation is something that happens. <laughs> <laughs> this ha- ha- happens to a lot of people um, at the end of the year. They get their tax statement and it's completely blowing a hole in, in their tax planning. Sure. So, right. Okay. So, uh, I never realized that event could happen. Uh, what's the third pitfall you want to talk about? The last piece I want to touch upon, Tony, has to do with Social Security. So, so most people are, for most Americans, right? Social Security is going to be one of the core income streams that come into their household. What most people don't understand about Social Security is that it is taxed um, essentially differently in retirement. It's an additional level of taxation that costs them extra money. Keep in mind with Social Security, you pay taxes three times, right? You 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 pay taxes to create your benefit. When you start receiving your benefit, it's part of your adjusted gross income. And this third time is something called a provisional income tax that's based solely on your your social security amount. And uh, what ends up happening is uh, money that comes into your household um, from social security, they're assessed this provisional tax and it's based on a formula um, that includes your ordinary income, capital gains, non-taxable interest, as well as your... um, as well as half of your social security benefits. And it comes up with this provisional income number. And if you're at $44,000 of provisional income, then you could be at a point where 85% of your social security is going to be taxed above and beyond what you've already paid uh, on your ordinary income tax level. So it's, it's an added layer of taxation that most retirees uh, and Social Security recipients don't realize, but it can tack on uh, a couple extra thousand dollars for couples that they weren't planning on. Right. There you go. So uh, I think that's a, that's a really good point. And I'm glad you're talking about this because that's something that a lot of folks don't know. Uh, and some of these mistakes you were talking about can be very costly, right? Well, they, they certainly can be costly because, for example, uh, you know, the, the tax code, I'll give credits where it's due. They're pretty good at indexing things to inflation. But when we talk about the provisional income level, that $44,000, that hasn't been indexed since it was created back in the late 90s, um, early 90s. So, so as you can imagine, most people 
uh, are going to be over this $44,000 in provisional income. But where it also gets complicated here, Tony, is that the tax code, if it was as simple as saying, hey, I have a stream of capital gains coming in uh, and a stream, uh, and that was the only thing I had coming in in a given year, then you could potentially have no income taxes. Or if the only stream of income coming into your household was social security, you may not owe anything to the government. Unfortunately, that's not the case, right? We have something called a tax snowball. So if you have social security uh, and then some withdrawals from your IRA uh, and maybe some capital gains, the tax code starts working in a way to to, uh, to disadvantage you. And we've seen situations where people not knowing end up paying an effective tax rate of almost 50% because they have different streams of income coming in um, that are pulling in taxation from all over the place. And now they're stuck with a tax bill that is far exceeds what they ever thought it was going to be in retirement. And that's why it's critical to make sure you work with someone who who creates a plan that not only is looking at the management of your money, but also is taking into account taxation. Well, yeah. And that's where you come in. So uh, there you go. Problem solved, yep. right? So, <laughs> okay. It's not that simple, but uh, that's the that's the starting point. You need to work with a financial professional who's going to work alongside your CPA and make sure that all these things are in place. Uh, and I really think this has been a great show, but we're out of time. Is there anything else you want to add before we go today? Yeah, I'll just say this. I mean, taxation is important and it occurs even in retirement. And it's it's key to make sure you have a financial service professional that's going to sit down with you and create a plan that's going to be tax savvy, both if you're in the lead up to retirement, but also in retirement, because you don't want those taxes to be eating away at your income because, you know, because that's money that you need to live off of, but it's also money that you want so that you can go off and do what you want in retirement, whether it's play golf every day or go on vacation. All of a sudden you get a tax bill, it's going to impact your plans. So so if you want to start talking about that, get a plan that's tax savvy, give us a call 866-360-2724 or visit us on the IVAG.com. Uh, book an appointment again in person or virtually, and we'll start that conversation about making sure you have an income plan uh, and a tax plan uh, for your retirement years. Awesome. Sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of the Ivy Retirement Podcast with our host, Peter Loftenberg. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Peter Loffenberg at the Ivy League Advisory Group. Call 866-360-2724 or visit them online at theivyag.com. Investment advisory services offered through the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC. Tilton, New Hampshire, 866-360-2724. A registered investment advisor registered in the state of New Hampshire and Vermont. Peter Loffenberg and the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC, are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.